The Writer Files, a member of the Podglomerate Network. Greetings, scribes. Just a quick break to recommend our recent sponsor's Book of the Month. Book of the Month makes reading better by offering members a few new book selections each month to help you cut through the noise, save time, and make it easier to decide what to read next. Each month, the editorial team reads through hundreds of new titles and picks five to seven of the best new books for you to choose from. All of these books are good, so you really can't go wrong. Book of the Month helps readers like you and I find books that we wouldn't normally discover on our own. The cool part is selections largely focus on new and upcoming authors in multiple genres. Book of the Month also recently launched curated audiobooks, so members can get a hardcover or an audiobook each month, which you can then download and listen to right in the app. This month, I chose A Little Supernatural Fair in Murder Road by New York Times bestselling author Simone St. James, described as the story of a young couple that find themselves haunted by a string of gruesome murders committed along an old deserted road in this terrifying new novel. Just go to bookofthemonth.com to pick your first book and join Book of the Month. That's bookofthemonth.com. And for a limited time, you can join and get that first book for just $9.99 with the code CHIRP. That's C-H-I-R-P. Enjoy. All the research that I had up until that point was I was a person who was struggling to do something like write or, you know, finish a multi-step project or whatever it was. And it was all what we would call neurotypical as in not, you know, ADHD or not neurodiverse um, advice, you know, things like, um, in fact, I, I talked to some of my clients about this podcast and asked what their perspective was on ADHD writing the idea of like just write for 30 minutes a day came up or just write for an hour a day came up because that's something that they'd heard a lot and had been a huge struggle. Um, and for me as well, growing up or like doing a lot of writing, um, that sense of like, oh, I should just be able to just sit down and just get started. But with ADHD, we know, for example, that we struggle with transition times. That's something that the research talks about a lot. And so the idea of transitioning into deep writing and then transitioning out of it, it takes a bit more time. And therefore the concept of just do it for X amount of minutes per day, that kind of sense of it, it doesn't really work if you don't have the executive functioning to back it up. And welcome to a Writer Files bonus episode where I speak with experts and friends outside of the publishing world about a host of subjects of interest to authors. I am still your grateful host, Kelton Reed, wishing you pages, patience, and perseverance per usual. ADHD coach, researcher, and doctoral candidate Sky Watterson spoke to me about writing a dissertation with neurodiversity, conquering burnout, and her unconventional approach to writing routines for writers with time blindness and more. Sky is the founder of Unconventional Organization, a worldwide research-based ADHD support service that has helped academics, playwrights, and authors with ADHD build strength-focused writing routines so they can meet their goals while managing struggles with executive functioning. An academic with over seven years of experience working in adult education, she studied in various fields including psychology, sociology, and public health, is now a doctoral candidate in population health. In this file, Sky and I discussed how she got her ADHD diagnosis at age 30, 
why procrastination and neurodiversity go hand in hand, how neurotypical writers differ from those with real struggles, when you need to seek out unconventional wisdom for help, the strengths of writers with ADHD, leaning on self-care to promote productivity, and a lot more. Stay calm and write on. And don't forget, you can always support this show by heading to writerfiles.fm, where you can also sign up for email updates and other resources for writers. And if you're a fan of The Writer Files, please click follow to automatically see new interviews in your podcatcher as soon as they're published and drop us a rating or a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you tune in to help other writers find us. All right, we are rolling once again on the Writer Files, and I am honored today to be joined by a special guest. I have ADHD coach and researcher Guy Waterston is joining us today. And um, yeah, we're going to talk about all things writing and attention deficit hyperactivity disorder, as I believe it's known. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for having me. It's really great to be chatting with you today. Yeah, I can't wait to pick your brain um, because this is a pretty fascinating subject, I think. And this, you know, could technically be considered a bonus episode, given that, um, you know, for the most part, we interview authors on craft and and their process. Mm-hmm. And a lot of authors mm-hmm. do suffer from, of course, um, you know, things that all authors and writers deal with, you know, procrastination, writer's block, mm-hmm. and kind of the overall creative process, which is in itself kind of a fascinating neurobiological anomaly. But um, yeah, I can't wait to talk about this fascinating story of yours and how you personally came to learn about your diagnosis kind of a little bit later in your life, right? Yeah, in in my early 30s. It was a real surprise. (laughs) Fascinating. Um, We'll talk a little bit about kind of what what you were doing when when you decided like maybe this was something that was going to be uh, a challenge for you and then you know a little mm-hmm. bit more about what ADHD actually is yeah yeah definitely so I, you know, I, I didn't necessarily know what I was going to do growing up. I think like a lot of people, I did a lot of different things, but, you know, I ended up in my twenties pursuing that, that academic career. Essentially I studied psychology and then sociology and, and public health and went through my dissertation and my master's. And so I was, I was very much in that kind of writing space. And, and it, you know, it was, it was definitely a lot of ups and downs. I particularly struggled with burnout. Looking back now, it makes a lot of sense with the ADHD of, you know, waiting until not the best time to start writing and then kind of doing a lot of it, um, and sort of burning out between, between sort of papers and things like that. But then when I started my doctorate, um, that was when I thought, okay, I just need to go to the inclusive learning center. I need to figure out if I have dyslexia, you know, there might be something because sometimes my writing was great. Sometimes it wasn't. And, um, and that was when I found out about the ADHD diagnosis and that put me on a totally different path, um, to learning about, you know, I'd always been super fascinated, like a lot of people who write (laughs) with, um, you know, procrastination and how to write and how to get things done and, and productivity in general. But, um, that was when I started to really get a sense of what this was and and started developing my own research around it. That became unconventional organization. Yeah. Fascinating. 
Talk a little bit more about specifically what we now know about ADHD and, um, you know, those of us who may be suffering from it, you know, how, how, what are the telltale signs? Yeah, yeah. So ADHD, it's a neurodevelopmental disorder. Um, it involves um, executive functioning struggles, so struggles with tasks that require organization. It could be time blindness, focus. The thing that really, you know, brings it to the forefront is that idea of persistent and pervasive struggles. So the idea that this isn't something that you're just occasionally struggling with, or you're struggling with on a bad, you know, because something's going on in your life. It, it, this is something that you've struggled with your whole life. Sometimes you just don't realize. <laughs> sure. Sure. Yeah. And fascinating uh, to think that it could be exacerbated by certain things. And, and as you learned, str a stressor, can kind of derail productivity, it can kind of derail mm -hmm. executive function. And, you know, as I had mentioned to you in our communiques, uh, mm -hmm. you know, we have done a, an extensive series with neuroscientist Michael Gribko titled The Writer's Brain, where we kind of have dug into, um, I thought most interestingly, kind of the procrastination piece, which mm -hmm. I think really dovetails nicely with I don't know. I think as uh, if, if if you are an author who has an ADHD diagnosis, you know, I think probably turning to an organization or a coaching service like your own unconventional organization, which we'll talk about more at length, is something that I, I think you have discussed this at length, that, that is essentially the kind of the backbone of what some of the research you've done is is itself unconventional. So talk a little bit about like what the conventional wisdom says versus mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Wh what you believe and what you have learned through your own struggles that you needed to kind of, yeah, to better understand mm -hmm. how your own brain works. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, definitely. I mean, I think for, for me particularly, all the research, you know, and, and I really focused in on the research. It's a huge part of what we do. And obviously as an academic, that was my, that's always been my focus, but all the research that I had up until that point was I was a person who was struggling to do something like write or, you know, finish a multi-step project or whatever it was. And it was all what we would call neurotypical as in not, you know, ADHD or not neurodiverse, um, advice, you know, things like, um, in fact, I, I talked to some of my clients about this podcast and asked what their perspective was on ADHD writing the idea of like, just write for 30 minutes a day came up or just write for an hour a day came up because that's something that they'd heard a lot and had been a huge struggle. Um, and for me as well, growing up or like doing a lot of writing, um, that sense of like, oh, I should just be able to just sit down and just get started. But with ADHD, we know, for example, that we struggle with transition times. That's something that the research talks about a lot. And so the idea of transitioning into deep writing and then transitioning out of it, it takes a bit more time. And therefore the concept of just do it for X amount of minutes per day, that kind of sense of it, it doesn't really work if you don't have the executive functioning to back it up. And that's something that I think is the main difference between the research behind ADHD productivity and the research behind neurotypical productivity when it comes to things like writing. 
So you've talked a lot about kind of the importance of tailoring a system to your own personal needs as opposed to following the neurotypical advice, as you put it, um, because of that, you know, um, not having the executive function to back back up what, you know, like what what your average aspiring author might have, where it's not it's not necessarily a matter of time. It's really more a matter of transitioning into and out of for adults and retaining some sort of flexibility. Isn't that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a tricky one. It's, it's I, the way I sort of use it as a metaphor would be like, if you don't wear glasses and you can see, but you, you're sort of told like, oh, this is fine. This is what 2020 vision looks like. You sort of have a tendency to assume, okay, I guess this is it. Not realizing that actually the, the system that you're using, it's not, it's not like it's wrong. You know, I, I went through university and, and did a lot of things with, with um, neurotypical advice and systems. It's just not 100% tailored to your brain, like you said, and how your brain works. It's not taking into account struggles with working memory, struggles with transition time, struggles with time blindness, struggles that we know that people with executive functioning issues tend to have from the research. And that means that it's not, it's not hitting what it needs to hit. And so when you're doing something, particularly something that requires so much focus and attention, like writing, I think that's why a lot of people, you know, who are writers end up working with organizations like unconventional organization, because it's, it's, that's where the rubber hits the road in terms of like, oh, this executive functioning, this is, this is quite a difficult task, actually writing often. Yeah. And it is a difficult task, but a lot of us take it for granted, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I definitely, I definitely think so. (laughs) I mean, I think, um, my own experience was that I didn't understand I had ADHD, but I did understand that writing was something that I really had to work at. And so I was very enmeshed. I, you know, read all the books, all the things I listened to your podcast, you know, way back in the day. And obviously now as well, in terms of like, just looking for any information on, you know, how this works. And I did notice at the time, it was like, Oh, my peers don't seem to be doing that. But like, maybe they're just not telling me or surely everyone's having this issue. Yeah, that's fascinating. Of course, I will link to the episode uh, that I did with Michael titled Mm -hmm. The Writer's Brain on Procrastination. I think it's a two-parter. And then I think via that link, you can link to more of the episodes themselves. So I think all of them are actually linked on that one page. So we have Creativity, Writer's Block, um, and a whole host of other shows that we've done together. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, our brains do kind of love procrastination. So talk a little bit about, I mean, I would love for you to define time blindness um, because that seems like a big piece but also um, mm. talk a little bit about the dopamine piece because we have talked uh, extensively about this as well and kind of the the reward centers of the brain and how they come into play when it comes to um, <laughs> forcing yourself to sit down and do something hard. Yeah, no, totally. So the time blindness piece, just to start off, it is interesting because it is, it is honestly one of the first things that I work with generally speaking with clients, particularly um, if they have a long project, sort of a far in advance project, and most writing is is that project. Um, And essentially what it means is that people who have ADHD can really struggle 
to sense time passing and to judge time in the same way as as neurotypicals. Um, and again, this is you know what we see in research, and it's it's interesting because. What that means is that if you have ADHD and you think to yourself, okay, I'm going to write a book, your brain can go. Well, that one time when I was really young, I managed to write a book in about a weekend. So like maybe this book will also take that long. And and it can kind of be, you know, it sounds strange, but it can sort of be this kind of let me just pick a time, you know, and this, you've done the work of like looking at how long things have taken in the past, looking at when you actually needed to start writing versus start preparing to write all of those kinds of things. Um, it can be very tricky. So one of the first things I do with clients is work on an interactive whiteboarding system, um, to put sticky notes on, on some kind of very flexible calendar, um, to get a sense of time and, and okay, put your, you know, put your holiday breaks in, put your kids events in all that kind of stuff. So we can get a sense of, okay, you don't have like two months of uninterrupted time. You actually need to do this in like a much longer period. And that that's often what comes through with time blindness. Yeah, that's pretty fascinating and seems hugely, hugely useful to authors that might be struggling with that. And yeah, I mean, so I guess maybe the first part for writers would be to get that diagnosis, right? Um, to actually spend some time with, with a professional to get the diagnosis, not to, not to self-diagnose. Yes, definitely, definitely. Because sometimes, you know, with the diagnosis process, it can be tricky to get. I definitely understand that. I know that's something a lot of people struggle with. But it's always good to check, you know, is this a, is this an acute issue? Is this a mental health issue? Is this another issue? Sometimes we've had people reach out and say, look, I don't have ADHD, but I have another issue that involves my executive functioning in a very similar way. Could I work with you Anyway, and so sometimes that, you know, we'll we'll see that on a case by case basis. But sometimes it is like, yes, you struggle with executive functioning, but it might not be for the reason that you think. So it's always good to to get that diagnosis. Absolutely, and that's interesting that you said you have professionals that have reached out to you to work with you, regardless, because they've had ADHD adjacent, which you know I'm sure can be equally frustrating for writers who are trying to plot out and plan out a bigger project and uh, suffering from some kind of a time blindness or similar, mm -hmm. you know, and I think, I don't know, I would be super interested to hear what you think about something to the effect of, you know, NaNoWriMo, which has, um, you know, a bunch of tips and tricks for writers on how to write a novel in a month period. You know, they do it every, every uh, November here. And, um, it's something that people, a lot of people aspire to, but like, I, mm -hmm. I, I, I see a lot of writers like stall out somewhere in the middle and then stop tweeting. Like I've, I've written for 15 straight days, you know, it's like, and then nothing, you hear nothing. It's just like radio silent. Like what happens? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. You should say that. Cause I think that's where, you know, there's lots of pieces to this, but that is often where the, the dopamine piece comes in is, you know, it can be really exciting to set up processes. And in fact, this is something that we hear a lot from clients as well as, you know, I've just experienced myself, but actually doing them, even if they are, you know, shorter and more intensive and more, you know, it can be tricky. Things happen and then it's, it's hard to get back there, especially if it's not a structure that feels flexible enough for whatever reason. And so, 
one of the things we often talk about is, you know, we mentioned dopamine before, the idea that with ADHD, we essentially know the neuroscientists are still arguing about, you know, whether we don't get enough dopamine or whether it's not processed exactly correctly, but we do know that we see differences in our brain in um, how dopamine is, is, you know, filtered through ADHD and non-ADHD brains. And what that can really lead to is the sense that we're not getting the same reward for the same task as someone neurotypical. And again, it's that slight difference that can make the difference when it comes to, should I sit down and do this on week two or week three? Um, well, that's pretty fascinating. And one of the things that I find really compelling about the work that you do, and you, ha- and you had mentioned that you have helped some academics, playwrights, and authors um, build mm-hmm. these strength-focused writing routines to meet goals while managing struggles. Of course, there's always that, again, no, yet. <laughs> that kind of that flexibility piece, struggling with executive function. And yeah, talk a little bit more about unconventional organization and of course your home base there is unconventionalorganization.com but yeah it's an international support service right you have online courses personalized coaching mm-hmm. and just a, and a handful of coaches there just kind of all over the world right yeah yeah it's been very cool i mean i think uh, so i'm based in new zealand um which i think made it international right off the bat (laughs) (laughs) because we're quite a small country and um and so yeah what what ended up happening for me was i started um unconventional organization just myself um and i started writing um articles which you can find i've written about 45 articles in the last couple of years on ADHD strategies, um, ADHD research, just trying to get a sense of it for myself as well, kind of doing a a research project alongside my PhD, if you will. Um, And that then developed into what we have now. And, you know, all the coaches we have, they all have ADHD as well. They have sort of backgrounds in social work or they have degrees in um, biology or PhDs themselves so they have a good sense of of everything with ADHD and they have been trained by me as well um so yeah just lots of different ways for people to connect and people to get the information because it's so helpful I think to understand first of all that there is an alternative because sometimes the biggest problem that people can have at least clients that I've spoken to is is feeling like maybe they're just not a good writer. And I think that's something I struggled with as well. Um, in my sort of before my diagnosis is maybe I'm just not a good writer. And that can be really tough because it means that a lot of people who are good writers and can make things and I have seen do amazing things will doubt that possibility because of executive functioning struggles. Yeah. Yeah. Like negative self-talk, can play a role mm-hmm. yeah definitely in the stru- kind of just the overall struggle mm-hmm. yeah just the idea that you know you have all these ideas you have all these sort of you know one of the strengths of adhd from the research is the idea of being you know creative problem solvers uh you know novel thinkers and that it really lends itself to writing but the actual process of writing sometimes can feel 
like insurmountable executive functioning task, um, which means that people can, yeah, not actually, the biggest issue often is just, and the thing I always check in with, with my own clients is like, okay, that's great. Have you written anything yet? <laughs> and um, sometimes the answer is no. And, and it happens with people, you know, people you wouldn't expect. Um, and, um, and I think that's, you know, that's a particular struggle with ADHD. I know it's a struggle for everybody, um, but it's particularly struggle with ADHD if you don't understand why that might be happening. Yeah, that's fascinating. Um, yeah, because I know so many writers love the feeling of having written, right? That, and that's mm -hmm. that dopamine piece, but not mm -hmm. actually writing. Yes. <laughs> and sometimes you need a, a routine. We have something called the get in focus routine, which I often adapt for writers, you know, to, to kind of get you into that state where it does take a little bit of, you know, we talk about stimulation going from a high stimulated state, maybe you're on your phone or at work or you're doing something and having to turn that down and actually get focused and actually put all the pieces together and start writing. That can be quite tough with ADHD sometimes. Yeah. Kind of setting the desk, mm -hmm. tuning out distractions, especially things like social media and mm -hmm. even just having a connection to the internet. So many writers uh, who have had prolific careers talk about needing to work on a, a device that is not connected to the internet. <laughs> yeah, I actually um, have a remarkable. <laughs> that's that's been the one that I ended up using. I totally yeah experienced that as well. Okay, can you describe to the audience what that is? I know what it is. It's a um, it's a tablet that kind of a it acts like both as a notebook and as a you know you you can type on it as well, can't you? Mm, yeah, I think you can now. When I got it, it was just to hand handwriting. Oh, I think you could, but it was. It's definitely easier to type on it now. But um, yeah, it's a it's an electronic um, notebook that doesn't connect to the internet. It's basically like if you took everything from an iPad out of it, and then you made it, you know, like very very paper like, which you know is something that they talk about. And and it, I have to say, it was it was very paper like. So yeah, when I have you know, I don't do as much writing now, but that has always been my go-to is that longhand system, exactly like you said, to sort of help reduce the distractions. And then also the ability to go out because sometimes it's, you know, if it's a hard thing to write, sometimes you need to change the setting as well to increase the stimulation around you to get the dopamine to write. Because sometimes with ADHD, it's not about removing all the distractions, at least initially. Sometimes it's about having enough distractions that your brain isn't distracting you and that can be a tricky mm. thing as well well all really interesting stuff and of course we'll link to your home base there unconventionalorganization.com and you said we can get there uh both with a z or an s Yes. <laughs> both, both, both of them are options. Yeah. Um, yeah, we have, we have the podcast, the ADHD skills lab, which just, we talk about, you know, all of these kinds of things in the research. We have obviously the coaching and the online courses. And if you, if anybody wants to talk to me, you know, feel free, you can always reach out and do a consultation and just chat more about writing with ADHD. Cause I'm always happy to talk about it. Oh, that's really cool. That seems like a really important niche, but but really just um, you know something that I think is uh, important to shine a light on um, to highlight that you know obviously we'll ha we're going to have 
a good percentage of authors that are neurodivergent as you put it yeah yeah and it's it's not it's really amazing to see that the increasing amount of information you know when i was first diagnosed the information that was available to the information that's available now there's just an increase in understanding of what this is and you know as much as i do sometimes wish i could go back to my 20s and give this information to my <laughs> struggling academic self mm. it's really nice to be here and to have the information to share now yeah really cool um well thank you for your time your words your wisdom i think we what we would wrap up with would be just i don't know an, an important note to writers maybe about self-care and about like being nicer to yourself if you're kind of beating yourself up about not having written today, guys, it's okay. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. And I always come back to the research because I think sometimes with ADHD, there's a lot of sense of like, oh, well, everybody has it. Everybody struggles with this. It's not really a thing. And one of the things we know from the research is that, you know, people with ADHD, they do tend to struggle with self-criticism because growing up in a way that's different, you can experience a lot more just that feeling of like, Hey, you're not doing that right. You're not doing that right. You know? So if that's how you feel, that's totally reasonable. It makes sense, but there are ways to do things that fit and do feel right for you. And it's just, you know, about learning about them. Yeah. And as you put it, kind of thinking outside of the box in an unconventional manner, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hi, thank you so much. Um, this has been a, a pretty enlightening talk with you today and obviously learning more about it. I will uh, definitely link to the website and to our previous series with Michael Gribko on the writer's brand, which which has some really good stuff about procrastination and about, um, you know, some of this, it runs up against a lot of the same things that you talk about, yeah. kind of breaking, breaking projects down into smaller pieces the dopamine stuff, the importance of outlining, and also, again, more self-care and kind of being nicer to ourselves. So we really appreciate your time, your words, your wisdom, and uh, yeah, come back and wrap with us again. Yeah, no problem. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks so much for joining us for this file. And if you're a fan of the show, simply head over to writerfiles.fm for more. That's writerfiles.fm.